Welcome to Aw oh, Crap, a Hellboy podcast. The show dedicated to the half-demon hero, hosted by me, Mark David Christensen. And me, Kay Thompson. That's right, it's your hosts. You said that, your name's so quick. <laughs> I'm all jazzed up. You really must be, damn. Come from a rehearsal and you're just like ready to be like, yeah, for Her Girl Friday. Com- I'm all sketch comedy warmed up right now. <laughs> oh, that's great for the listeners, though, that energy. Let's give it to him, give it to him, give yeah. it to him. Um, with that energy, we're going to jump right into our first segment of this episode. That is Countdown to Hellboy 2019. We're about two weeks behind the rest of the world (laughs) (laughs) on being able to like talk about this just based on when we can record and stay ahead. But New York Comic Con has happened. It happened Mm -hmm. on October 6th. That's right. Um, uh, it was a really cool panel. I didn't watch. Did you watch any of it? I don't. I don't know if there was a feed or anything. I didn't see a feed, but I mean, I I'm bet there gonna, was. I'll I, scrounge around a little bit more and find it. I don't know if they do feeds because I know they dropped some footage. So yeah, but and we had a, definitely a listener, Alex, who uh, was Instagram messaging us that he was like in line and he got in. He sounds really hyped after it, so that's yeah. cool to know. Um, but the big things that have come from that. Um, along with that big panel, um, I bet you can find a lot of articles online that will have quote great quotes from the cast and Mike uh, Mignola. He seems very into this iteration. Like we've said it before, I recently read, read one where it's really taking directly from this story, The Wild Hunt. Cool. Which is coming much later, Kate. Oh, okay. That I'm. <laughs> I will be. I'm gonna be shocked if we make it. Do you think by April? No. Maybe no? now with April. That's a good call. I don't know. Because the I'll have to yeah, do the, the math. Time. And the fact that we just added the whole the, officially this episode that we're now in will start us branching off into the oh, Mignolaverse yeah. and the whole Hellboy universe, yeah. including BPRD. It might slow us down. <laughs> so I don't know if we'll hit it yet. Even with the pushback, we'll get close. It's fine. I, I mean, do think I, it will I be fell fine. ass backwards into Hellboy anyway, so I started with the fucking movies, and so like, <laughs> yeah, it's it's okay. I'll be okay. I think you will be okay. Yeah, but I am I am excited to see one. I haven't read The Wild Hunt in a long time, so we won't be getting to it until we read it. Yeah, but then that excites me to see what they pull from it, how they adapt it into that movie if that's what they're pulling that's where the blood queen officially becomes like a villain and stuff too cool um even though she she shows up a little earlier but that's her official like in when, like introduction yeah. as a villain or whatnot neat um very good stuff though uh, but the big one announcement um was that they pushed it as you just said from originally, as you heard in our last episode, we were so excited about that, the date of like January, but they pushed it back to April 12th. Yeah. But I think that's actually positive because sometimes you can hear when movies get pushed back, it can be seen as a negative because of re- like reshoots that are that end up being a negative because they're trying to fix the problems that cannot be fixed. Yeah. But this seems to be more of a chance to get more people an opportunity to be excited for this movie. That's what yeah. I'm feeling. Well, you were saying like movies in January kind of get pushed under the rug a little bit. And this yeah. is like a vote of confidence to push it back to April, maybe? I think so. Because I think a lot of movies that studios tend to, they put money into them, but they just need, they don't have a place because they really aren't. For the most part, they probably aren't tracking well. Uh, that can be in multiple reasons. Like just there's not a lot of pre-sales probably or... Also hype. And then addition to that, like probably like um, test screenings 
which aren't always reliable, but they'll, you know what I mean? They use that stuff. Yeah. But it seems like Hellboy has such a following. I bet you the excitement that it's been stirring up about it prior to this New York Comic Con, there's no way they couldn't be like, this is a should be a competitor against other franchises or big movies. Yeah. So I think it's faith that Lionsgate is willing to do that. I hope so. That would be great. I hope so too. And I mean, a lot of things of positive have come out from this this panel because they did drop some footage, um, which they haven't leaked because apparently it wasn't official. Seems to have not been an official trailer. It's just footage. So who knows yeah. if it was incomplete or... Um, but I read something briefly about like the introductory of him. He has like a little moment with a cop, him getting shot, but it sounds pretty... People are really excited about it, yeah, which is cool to hear. And um, that's the most. I haven't really read off about most of it because I'm not really that kind of person. I more just want to see. I want to get excited and see as things come public, yeah. and then get you know. Built I mean, from the there. one thing that seems important from that, like, uh, like on Gizmodo, there's like a little thing about it, and it just seems like during the panel, Magnola and Harbor emphasized how this version of Hellboy is much closer to the original comics. So. Uh, yeah, uh, while they remarked like how much they love and respect Guillermo del Toro's original series, it's like more of a fairy tale, blah, blah, blah. So it's like, I don't know. That makes me excited for it to see the new one. I'm if with Mignola's you. If like, oh, it's close to the comic, then like super. I do think, and like, uh, that leads me to like, let's pull up the, real quick, I pull, I have it on mine. You can probably have it over there, the banner, they, the official Hellboy banner. Yeah. That they released, they were signing at um, the con. <sighs> sweet. It's so cool. Yeah. And there's so like much it. going on. <laughs> um, but it's cool. They have their main, uh, like, Hellboy's in the middle, of course, with the Blood Queen in the center. Um, and then the two sides of that were dominated by monsters and the BPRD, uh, which is, we have, um, oh my gosh, I know the actor's name, Daniel um, Kim Day, or, or but... Um, Nimu, oh my god, not Nimu. I'm now mixing up names that we've been corrected about pronunciation. We got a bunch of names in this situation. Uh, so please don't write me about this. Just treat me <laughs> nice for this one. Please I'm just, God. Um, but that's Broom, and yeah. then that is the baby that was in. You know the baby that um that got taken by that Hellboy had to save. That's yeah. her, and I can't think of her name right now. Oh, you weird. guys are welcome to yell at me for that. Alice <laughs> M- um Monaghan. Okay, I believe that's her name. I believe that's her. That character is supposed to be her grown up because she becomes she'll she'll show she gets up. involved. Yeah, she'll get involved. That's crazy. But apparently she's in this. We have, of course, our agent. And then there's all these monsters, but do you recognize the one monster? But we've seen before already. Okay. The little pig with the oh, gauntlets. Yeah, from the like very first. Yeah. Like, oh, he'll become a main player pretty soon. Or he'll further down, not pretty soon, but far down with yeah. the Blood Queen. Oh, that's awesome. But I was like, I spotted him immediately and I was like, oh my God. I mean, all this shit looks sick. Like, it looks like a Molly Hatchet like album cover or something. <laughs> like, not quite like Frazetta like in style, but like just the like wielding this big sword and like the like kind of crazy yeah. colors. I don't know. It just made, then, that's what it made me think of. And they have big monsters in the background. They're like yeah, super like walking tall. around through London, I guess. I would honestly, I have to say, I think those monsters are a little, I mean, uh, Guillermo-esque. But I thought all, the same thing with the, with the one with like the big, like fan, like head. Yeah. That like crown 
of bone or whatever the fuck is coming out of that guy. <laughs> exactly. It's crazy looking. It's so weird. And there's one that sort of looks more like uh, Rama, the big. Um, not, oh, yeah, yeah. Or I can't. Oh, I, didn't even I, see that. I forget these names so fast when I need to talk about them. I'm very bad at That's this. That's okay. Uh, but yeah, that looks like the big HP uh, Lovecraft creature in there. Rama there's, or whatever. Yeah, there's so much going on. And they're vampires, of course, on the sides. Who knows? I mean, who knows what we're in st- in, st- in store for? You I can't know? wait, dude. It's, I like want to go see it at midnight. Could we, we should go see it at midnight. We will see it at midnight. Okay, good. And good. then we will record it. And That's talk like your all MO. You love to see movies at midnight. I used to. I get a little tired. These it's days. hard. I'm so very I'm old. Sort of, yeah. <laughs> I'm sort of now to the point where I'm like, I'd rather watch a movie I'm excited for and be comfortable and know that I don't have to fight sleep or yeah. be groggy the next day. But there's always exceptions. I mean, I'm a nerd, and if I'm excited for a movie like Infinity War, I yeah. that one I was lucky to get everybody to go on my birthday this year. That's yeah, and that that's was a lot sweet. of fun. The last midnight movie I saw was Shin Godzilla, which was a fucking kick ass movie. Great movie if you haven't seen it. It was uh, was that the Japanese version? Yeah, the, the yeah. newest one. And it was it's a really great movie. And I did fall asleep for a few minutes, but I did watch it later, and it was like just great. It was I really liked it a lot. See, that's my fear. I don't want to fall asleep. Yeah, that's what I'm afraid. But I think I, I don't know. I'll just juice up. I'll have a sketch practice beforehand. So I'll be there all you jazzed. Go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and the last week before we move on from Countdown uh, to Hellboy 2019, everybody knows that that official poster dropped Hollywood. I, or not Hollywood. I think Entertainment Tonight got the first look of it, but then it was quickly spread. Um, but it, Man, is it epic. I don't I don't think we've previously talked about this. Oh, he looks so cool. I think it looks pretty great. It looks sick. Like yeah. I like the it looks almost like painterly. Like it looks like the flame that's like kind of whipping up around him and in front mm-hmm. of him. Uh yeah, it's like this cool kind of like ambiguous sort of like energy fire. It's like yeah. not quite fire. It's like sort of this weird uh sort oh. of like I don't know, something floating around him. Yeah, it's sort of similar, like, is it coming off the sword or is it the sword being affected? Maybe his crown of his fire, his crown of fire. Yeah. Because he does have his horns growing. It's cool. It's epic. And Oh, I, I also <laughs> read that his abs are fake. They're prosthetic. Oh, really? Yeah, but everything, like he beefed up, but his abs are still fake. That's <laughs> so funny. David yeah. Harbour's like, look, I can do the arms. I can't do this. It's guy. probably so hard to get abs. I don't I know. Bet. I've never had one. <laughs> it's like, I like the idea of either David Harbour is really like, mm, I'm just not going to do the abs. Contractually, I can don't we just know. take Can we put on my writer that I don't have to get abs? <laughs> or maybe it's because. I don't want to eat that much cod or whatever the rock eats to get abs. Or he has to be, he has to be a little bigger for like what the sheriff and stranger things maybe. Yeah. He's like, look, yeah. man, if I, if I get abs, I'm going to lose. I gotta keep my dad, keep, my dad physique. Yeah, exactly. Dad bod. His dad bod. My father figure. Yeah. <laughs> my father. I don't know where we were <laughs> going with that, but I love uh. it. <laughs> yeah, this new poster is epic. It says "Legendary AF," which you know what? Super silly that it says "A." I don't know why, but I me love too. It. <laughs> when I, I was like, I saw it, I was like, "That's goofy." That's like really good. I guess they're trying to appeal to the kids. Yeah, it's like trying <laughs> to be very. It's definitely. I don't. I don't judge any of the like filmmakers for it. No, but marketing wise, I'm like, I get what you're going for, but 
It's super, yeah, it's goofy. Yeah, I just imagine like <laughs> Hellboy hearing that. You know what I mean? Be like, yeah. AF, like just kind of being <laughs> yeah, you'd like be a like, curmudgeonly old man. Like, yeah. Like, I. You mean as fuck? <laughs> as fuck? Just say legendary as fuck. Yeah. Or like, that's so funny you bring that up. I can, like, please let there not be a, a Hellboy, which I doubt there will be in this, him saying LOL. <laughs> oh, man. If he's just like, oh, it's lit or something. Like, oh, God. Like, this is lit. This party is lit. <laughs> oh, I'm holding my head. <laughs> How horrible would that be? I don't be? think so. I, mean, I really don't wouldn't think allow so. it, would he? I hope not. I don't oh, think these boy. filmmakers would allow it. I think they're. I think they're on point. He's like drinking a Monster Energy drink and like fucking. <laughs> every time he, every time he goes to fight a monster, he pops open a monster. Yeah, he cracks it open, <laughs> throws one back. I need the goes, energy to fight this monster with a Monster Energy. <laughs> oh, it just becomes the whole thing's all, branded. Yeah, it's a new branded movie. Fuck, <laughs> oh, boy. As long as it's not that, I'm gonna love it. Great. Well, we hope you're all excited as much as we are. We'll see you at, on April 12th at midnight um, for um, Hellboy in yeah. 2019. Um, great. Let's move on. Um, we're going to jump into Abe Sabian's Drums of the Dead. Um, real quick, some cool history about this. Now, this is officially the first story in the Hellboy universe or Mignoliverse um, that was written entirely and the art is entirely not done by Mignola himself. Yeah. Very first time. Yeah. And it's crazy. It's an Abe saving. It seems like that makes sense to do a, a side character or a supporting character to like test um, those waters on no pun intended for yeah. the story. <laughs> Big time uh, <laughs> Yeah. Um, but that's pretty cool, I think. Um, it's what a thing I think has to be hard, but you like to do. Yeah, I wonder if I wonder like what the process was for that. Like, I wonder if Mignola was like, "Oh, well, I have this idea for a story, but I'm working on this other thing. Give it to give the general idea to somebody else for them to write." Right, because or it also like says, what it also says here, story. Is by, I mean, it's written by Brian McDonald, but it's a story in the actual collection I have. Right. So you're right. I wonder if it's either you write a Mignola-like pitch, give it to somebody else because I don't have time. Like maybe it's like it has to end here. Like it has to have this beat and then Uh you go ahead and flush it out. Oh, yeah. Maybe. I mean, I don't know. That's just what I'm guessing. Like writing a TV show or something. I don't know. Yeah, I think you're totally right. I don't, I mean, I don't know if we'll ever know unless there is, I, in the, my collection, which is the, the first collected version of BPRD Plague of Frogs number one, I don't find any, like, like, liner notes for this story, unfortunately. So, I don't know. But that said, I mean, it's very cool. Um, We're going to dive into that. The art is done by Derek Thompson, colors by James Sinclair. Letters by Pat Brousseau. Um, it's a very different style. For sure, yeah. It really like... <laughs> and Oh, and this also was a published as a one issue um, which, and it had a backup story, which we'll talk about shortly in the same episode. Um, but it was released in March of 1998. So this is a pretty cr- crazy story. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I would, I would argue... 
that this might be the darkest story yet. Yeah, because the of the content that gets revealed of where where the spirit or like where the haunting is coming from. Yeah, because I think everything has been scary. There's been like evil, like Rasputin and things like that, and old Nazis that were frozen. Yeah, but this is like gets into some like heavy shit for sure. <laughs> heavy historical stuff. Yeah, I feel like because because it's not like because you do deal with Nazis in the previous issues, but you never deal with like them committing genocide really like it's not really so much about real people who were affected by the nazis it's like some nazis who were also working on this other thing like it doesn't really delve into any historical things as far as like the holocaust is concerned but Mm -hmm. this is like dealing directly with like the slave trade in uh yeah in our early america yeah yeah which is like yeah, also I, recent history. All of this shit is so recent, it's fucking crazy. I agree. Oh, yeah. Which is pretty wild because I've had this book, this BPR d- book, for quite a while. Yeah. I'll have to confess, I have not read all of it. Yeah. Um, mainly just because I think I just kept going up, going through with the Hellboy storylines. Picked this one up, was like, I'll get to it. And then it just became like, took up space on my bookshelf because I kept reading other new stuff. Yeah. So It's tough to like stay on top of it. So. I don't I'll be honest, you. this was my first time reading this story because I was like, oh, yeah, that's in my collection. I'll read it for this. I was thrown. Yeah, it's intense, When it got man. there, I was thrown. Yeah. So let's walk up to that. So, I mean, this story is like we first open up to some dialogue with sh- pictures of grand sharks. Yeah. Just thousands of sharks yeah. in the ocean. With really sh- gnarly looking, very yeah. monstrous looking sharks. Yeah, otherworldly. The water is just churning with them. Ugh. And it's just talking about how sailors would hear the sounds of drums uh, seeming to come from within them. And then one sailor would become possessed. Yeah. Kill another. And then the sailor jumps, leaps into this shark infested water, yelling in some language that the other crew members don't understand. Mm hmm. Um, gets fucking ripped apart by sharks. Just it's uh, gruesome. We see, yeah, we see like limbs torn apart, and then right, like cut to placid BPRD headquarters in Fairfield, Connecticut. It's the biggest view we've gotten of the. Uh, I thought the same thing too. I was like, I wonder how much Mignola was like. Okay, so the front door has like little dragons around it because, like, yeah. if you kind of like look closely, there are these sort of like dragon guardians or mm-hmm. something. Which I thought was like neat little details. Yeah, and stuff. cool artifact they might have added to it. Maybe it's a protective spell. Yeah, something that protects them. Hey, yeah, Maybe not they just yeah. All that it stuff. works on two different. It's decorative and it helps them not get eaten by <laughs> demons or something. And then like the guy from the shipping company is contacting BPRD to just get help. He's like, please have Hellboy come out here. He's like, sorry, my man, only Hellboy like. Hellboy's, Hellboy's busy. He's, he's busy. on another case. <laughs> Which is like the first, I mean, I thought it was kind of cool because like he would be. He's out and about all over the place. Bad shit happens all over. Yeah. And this is another example that I, why I love the comics is that Hellboy's not treated as abnormal. Yeah. You have a guy, a civilian calling and go, no, please send Hellboy. Yeah. It's not please. like, I don't know if I want that demon around. I need your A team. <laughs> he's like, listen, man, you're going to have to deal with Abe Sapien. <laughs> he's so rude. Yeah. He's so rude about Abe. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> His response to Abe is Sabian. 
Is that that thing you found in a jar in somebody's basement 20 years ago? No, thanks. Somebody's like the Pentagon, dude. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, and you know what? What is crazy to me, like a little side note about the, um, this artist, all of the hand gestures are wild in this issue. Like <laughs> each hand that is drawn is like this crazy, like it, it's, there's no like default hand for this guy. He's got like crazy fingers, like. He really goes all out with his hand gestures. Uh, just oh, something now I'm that paying I attention. They're wild. I mean, especially yeah. the one with the hand that's being eaten by a shark. It's so clenched and horrifying. Yeah, it's like yeah, like digging into nothing. And I mean, he has his guy on the phone. Um, are the head of the bureau? Yeah, he's um literally he has a hand just full of those like little like ball, those like tin balls that people use as like stress relief. Yeah, he's like juggling those, like clacking them around or whatever. Yeah, and those make his hands look weird too. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, so we cut to uh, Abe Sapien introducing himself um, and introducing his colleague, uh, Garrett Omada. Yeah, we br- we learn about Garrett. And which is interesting because it, then we quickly, I love that they went to this crazy close up of Abe. Yeah, he's got By like a way, wild look- texture in this. Yeah, it does not. I gotta say, he does not make Abe flattering. And, no, and he makes him look like a fish monster more than you know. I feel like with Mignola's, like you get the impression of like smooth, kind of like amphibian kind of mm-hmm. skin, like a frog or something. But this, he's like scaly and yeah, just and teeth, like bumpy. Yeah. There's a lot more like texture to him. I agree. He's crazy looking. Um, great, yeah. And then it immediately moves over to the device of now we have like a letter. Or or a journal entry from Abe, who's now yeah. beginning to narrate the rest of the story. Yeah. And yeah, you're right. We meet his associate, Garrett Omada, big ponytail guy that died and came back to life. Yeah, I guess he was in a coma, right? So yeah. he was like, yeah, he was like in a coma for two years. And then when he came back, he was like telling doctors things that he shouldn't possibly know. Like, your dead dad said this and stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, they show a doctor crying. Yeah, at this holding his mouth. Yeah. Oh. So it's like, uh, and then he's been at the bureau ever since. So um, that he Garrett doesn't detect any kind of like spirit on the ship. Mm-hmm. Um, so I love this little interaction along. with them. Where he's all, there are any spirits here on the ship. It's clean, and Abe's just like clean. <laughs> yeah, clean. What a weird way to say that. <laughs> yeah, and then like. Yeah, so kind of just talking about like the occurrences happening on the ship all the time. And I mean, they spend six days, nothing's occurring. Yeah. And then he's like, still feeling fine. Um, how are you feeling? Uh, fine, as long as I take my drama mean. And then like, this guy's razzing Abe because he gets seasick. Yeah. He's like, I'm uh, above the water, not yeah. in the water. I'm, like, <laughs> I'm on it. I'm a swimming dick. Just a fun little like flavorful exchange of like. And a great yeah. little detail about Abe. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And he, I just imagine to him taking drama me too is just funny. And maybe he's, he's like a little sleepy. Oh, yeah. He's a little groggy. He's on this a little groggy. Case. So like they were kind of talking about, oh, it's we're traveling from the Bahamas to West Africa. Maybe it's like some sort of like voodoo situation or mm-hmm. um, like, you know, like we're, we're like they're kind of just talking like they're kind of spitballing like we don't really know what's going on. And then all of a sudden Garrett gets like this crazy headache and like slammed and he's all sweating like the crew member that we saw at the beginning. 
Um, his mouth starts to like goop, starts to come yeah. out. And he like drools. And this guy's feeling ghosts and spirits on a regular basis. And all of a sudden he's like, I'm fucking dying here. Yeah. Everyone is so angry. Like the spirits are so angry. Um, Like I didn't expect it to be this bad. And he, like this great, I love that panel of him like smushing up his face and his glasses are like being pressed down. Cause he's yeah. like jamming his fucking forehead and like his face is all scrunched up. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. Immediately after that, wonderful shot all the shadow work too on the face makes it just yeah seem there's like a lot he's of cool so like blacks pain. on this like it's like crazy contrast of this black to color uh panel right here it's yeah. really cool and he just vomits yeah just hurls up so much yeah just disgusting goop and it hits abe and i love abe's just like <laughs> sad expression and he's just saying this can't be good. Yeah. Oh, this can't be good. Like, if Abe wasn't feeling sick before. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And he's like trying to get him to like calm, try to relax. And then all of a sudden he like smacks back up and Garrett's totally possessed by the same thing that we saw earlier. But he's like looking even more monstrous and crazy. Yeah. He's transforming. Yeah. And we start to see the like boom, 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 boom. Like the, the, the drums, drums yeah. happening again. It's hitting all the sailors. All the rest of the crew members are it's like clenched too, over. Right? It's hitting Abe. And then Abe looks up in disbelief to reveal this big, crazy, awesome, like hyena boar yeah, with, creature. Like with wear, nails in his hands. Wear hyena. Yeah, with nails all, all over, over his, body. his body, like pinhead from Hellraiser style. Like. And just, it's holding a spear. You're like, where did everything come from? It's crazy. Yeah. I guess it's like, you know, he's just in. He's just in super like this. The nails to me are just like this thing is in pain all the time. Yes. Um, it's a great manifestation of whatever these spirits are feeling. Yeah. And then just also like, I guess just like powerful, like using like African motifs kind of like with the hyena. Mm -hmm. fig, like it's not like exactly a hyena precisely because of the like tusks and everything yeah. too. But it's just like different elements from African animals. And that's like really cool. Uh, to kind of incorporate that aspect of the story into yeah. the monster as well. Like it's not just a stock kind of like beefy beast or whatever. I agree. And he has that crazy um, like toga. What is that cloth? But it's just made of bone. Just like a loincloth made of bone. Good thing something Wild. there to cover your junk. Yeah, you got it. Modest. Even as a demon. Or, yeah, horrible <laughs> monster. Gotta be modest. And he's just screaming at Abe in a language that Abe doesn't understand. Yeah. Um, Garrett, don't let that thing control you. And then he slams Abe super hard. And then you get like this really nasty close-up of a shark. I love that it's like completely covered, like completely outlined in black because it's like coming out of the darkness in the water. Like yeah. that. Like he draws sharks really scary. He draws them really well. They're terrifying. And yeah. it's almost like a a subliminal message in the middle of this sequence. Yeah. It's like, it's like flashback Gah. to like, like a quick flash of the shark. Like, you know where he's going. If he, yeah. if he lets this thing toss him overboard. Um, yeah. And this thing's just like smashing him around. Um, I didn't want to have to do this. And he shoots him with a gun. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Garrett. <laughs> he just gets shot. And then the thing is like still screaming. He tosses his spear, like, like, aims it directly at Abe's thigh and it like goes into this oh, like thick thigh meat. I felt so bad for Abe in this moment. Yeah. I feel like Abe like, 
he's probably not he's used to being a detective more than being beat up like Hellboy is usually the one at the receiving end of all yeah these wounds <laughs> I feel like Abe probably deals with it because he like kind of deals with it pretty well here but like it probably doesn't happen as frequently he uses a gun for Christ's sake like he's not gonna right. get into a brawl with this thing <laughs> yeah this thing's monstrous yeah so it's like it's huge. I think this is a great panel at the bottom here where the the creature is like smashing the the like wood that Abe is in front of and oh, Abe's yeah, like he's leaping jumping. up. Mm-hmm. Um just like a nice cool like exaggerated arm that we have like I just think yeah. that looks really neat. Um there's something so creepy about just elongating arms on a beast. Yeah, it's like it's 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 wingspan is huge. Like it could, it, it like you can't get out of reach of this thing mm-hmm. very easily. Um, uh, and, but Abe is like wily and manages to do it and hops over him. And he's like, sorry again, Garrett stabs him in the spine. Yeah. Like stabs oh. him in the, like, or like in the rib cage close to the spine. Can't feel good. Yeah, right. A back shot. Totally. You get an awesome, like I love again, like these clenched like claws of this thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I love the, I love the panel of it pulling it out of his back. Yeah, yeah. This, this is a good page. This is probably my. I mean, we'll cut back to favorite panels and stuff. But right. This is probably my favorite page. Um, you really get some like beautiful shots of this creature. Really like muscly, sinewy, nasty kind of like, uh, like mm-hmm. green and like rotting kind of. And yeah, and it's a great contrast of colors against against Abe's green. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. Abe's way more like aqua kind of blue, mm-hmm. blue green. And that um, crazy close up before the page ends is just yeah the, beast the Abe just, point of view of like this thing like snarling at him. Yeah, and its tongue just whipping. Yeah, Oof. very like <laughs> venomy. Um, yeah, and then he's like kind of talking it down, like like Garrett, listen to me. You were you know kind of gives him his little like like this isn't who you are kind of yeah. spiel. Um, like you didn't come back from heaven to become a murderer. And then the thing is like, Abe, Abe, and then turns back into Garrett. Um, American werewolf in London style, like naked. Yeah. Now. <laughs> his, his naked body totally made me laugh. Nakey. I'll admit it made me laugh. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then, yeah, we see like the sharks kind of, there are still sharks in the water, but they're like, seem to be dissipating. They're, they're no longer close up. Yeah. Like they're kind of in a distance and you see like one really far in the distance. Like they're, they're dispersing. Definitely. Yeah. He carries, he carries old Garrett off. His little naked body looks exhausted. Come on, buddy. And then he continues to like research. He just decides to research about this area this past through because he kept, Garrett kept mentioning the spirits, kept mentioning something, a triangle. Yeah. And, but he's like, this isn't anything. There's no Bermuda triangle where we are. And he just, this is where we really get into the heavy shit. Yeah. Because <laughs> he discovers that it's actually the, the route that they use is part of what they would call part of the slave trade, which was a triangle trade. Yeah. Um, and it just goes through this history of how they would take slaves who were captured in Africa, would take them to the West Indies, and there they would be traded for sugar and molasses. The sugar and molasses were then taken to North America, where they used to make rum. Some of the rum was when then taken to the West Africa, used as currency to buy slaves from unscrupulous chiefs. So it's yeah. like the first leg of the journey is known as the Middle Passage, the same route they we, they traveled. Yeah, and then it just gives you like a brutal couple of panels of just the horrors of pretty slavery. much just history. Yeah, yeah just history. like 
uh, yeah, talking about how they would overload ships with people and they would be in super close proximity to each other and like disease was rampant and the dead would be tossed overboard and some people would kill themselves rather than be sold into slavery and get ripped apart by sharks. Yeah. And it talks about exactly that, like a group of men who were chained together, jumped up overboard just to be eaten because they didn't want to be slaves. Yeah. Wow. Just, it hits you. Yeah. That just hits you. I mean, it's like, it's the kind of thing where it's like, there, you know, you see, we see a lot of like things like creatures getting shot and like zombies and all kinds of like, you know, big beefy monsters getting all chopped up. And then like, you know, the most horrifying thing is just what people do to each yeah. other. The real horrors of the yeah. world. Yeah. Yeah. I like I would rather take a monster than ever meet the I know. people. That, yeah. Ever meet a single slaver. It's like, <laughs> yeah, I just it's it's insane. And then Very they kinda so. like hit you with that for like a for like two pages here and then they're kind of reflecting on it on the deck Mm -hmm. Garrett talking to Abe like they're talking about like so many people fell overboard that to this day more sharks follow that route which is like yeah because it would like affect the ecosystem they would like sharks would look for an easy meal Abe has a mission which is a little unclear to us as the reader as of yet but he decides to take a knife and dive into the waters where we know there are sharks. Mm-hmm. And Garrett's like, I don't know if you should jump. You have an open wound from yeah. being stabbed by me as a beast. Yeah. And he's like, well, pray for me and pass me that knife. <laughs> and I love this little, I love the silhouette uh, of him diving. Yeah, it's cool. It's very cool. Because yeah, I like that you get to see through the fins still. Mm-hmm. Like the light hitting him. And immediately a shark is like up on him. <laughs> yeah. And he's like glides smoothly underneath and then Let's he kind of say, guts it. Yeah. Abe is a badass in this page. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Holy shit. This is another, yeah, this is another great page. Uh, I like all the ones that are like kind of wordless on like, I think that this, this artist does it really well. I agree. I think this, the, this, it, this story works very well when there's, it's just these moments. I'm sure he wanted to do it justice. It's probably hard to take up a comic that's like, Oh, this is a Mignola character and you're the first yeah. person to be, doing this other than him like you probably want to be like oh i'll give this my best shot oh for sure um yeah so he like guts that shark and all the others kind of like swarm on him him, so that like creates a distraction and then we see this like long vertical panel of abe with like this like kind of like slipstream around him sort Mm -hmm. of like He's probably just so fast underwater and that's kind of like what it conveys to me yeah totally going like deeper and deeper down until he sees like all these spirits chained, chained up. up to the bottom. Uh, take us home fish gods so that we may die. And then all of those spirits turning back into like their skeletal form. And then just Abe grabbing as many as he could, like all gathering all the bones we could and buried them on the shores of West Africa since, um, and since then no ship, which travels the route reported any paranormal activity. Um, wow. Yeah. I mean, what a, like, I know, again, I, I, I want to reiterate, like, I know we've seen Hellboy really fight some very powerful monsters. Yeah. And it's been great. And we will forever root Hellboy on. <laughs> but the first story out the gate with hell of Abe Sabian on his own, he has to not only fight a giant monster who stabs him in a terrible way. But he has to deal with historical things yeah. <laughs> that um, that are horrific. And then 
He goes underwater. <laughs> yeah, to, to like retrieve all these, all of these bones and like bury them. Uh, yeah, to kind of like. Um, yeah, just I'm not let saying them Hellboy wouldn't peacefully. do it. Though. Wow. <laughs> yeah, he would. Like, it's it's a great way to use Abe. Like, it's a it's a good like kind of way to have Abe doing something of like big significance. Yeah, it's really neat. And then yeah, now there's a great reduction of sharks. A reduction in the number of sharks. The end, and it's kind of like this quiet panel at the end of just like one, sh- the final shark like mm-hmm. swimming away. Yeah, man, it's heavy very, shit. It's very heavy, and yeah, I think it's just a strong, a strong, like introduct backdoor introduction to like Abe saving having his own feet outside of Hellboy stories. Yeah. that's the best way to put it. Yeah, um, it's a very beautiful little short story. Very yeah. cool adventure he goes on that has some weight to it. For sure. Very cool. What well, was your, did you have a favorite panel or anything? On here? Yeah, let's discuss just favorite panels on this. Um, I think if I had to pick one, it's going to, you mentioned it too, it was just the shark attack. I think that whole page, because yeah. I think that really just shows to me that like him being able to take down such a large shark just shows, oh, Abe, Abe is not just a supporting character. Yeah. He might be in Hellboy's overall story because he's our central character in his struggle with his own destiny. But this shows to me that Abe is such, can can handle himself. Yeah, he can totally hold his own. He's and, not a sidekick. Yeah. Um, And I love that because I think that's sort of what it, this story was trying to serve its purpose for. I'm almost like wondering if like, I always, I mean, I don't want to read too much into it, but I wonder if like a little bit of the writing of like a person making fun of Abe is maybe like at the time these comics were getting released, if fans or people that wrote about Hellboy sort of I like, wouldn't be were surprised like, if that was true. Abe's Abe and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, and I want just, Hellboy, damn it. Yeah, like who's that fish guy? I mean, love Hellboy, but that fish guy. And this was like, well, you know what? Fuck you. Yeah. He's as cool as, he's cool as Hellboy. They're just different. Yeah. <laughs> I would completely, I bet that's a hundred percent true. Like that's, they're probably like, we'll just put that, we'll front load this with their complaint already addressed. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, I just, I do, it's, and it is, I think it's just a risky thing always. And as you pointed out, like you got to put your all in when you're taking such a popular book. Yeah. I mean, this is coming after two hit Eisner award winning Hellboy stories, yeah, and you're giving the the reins over a, a character that people know. God, that's got to be a lot of pressure. And I think it's cool that Mignola one was willing to give it a give it a go and give it to somebody else to take over. Yeah, and I think they did a great job. And I think it's the first time, other than like maybe a couple of the pinups that you'll find in like the trades of artists doing renditions of Hellboy and yeah. the characters. This is our official story, I believe. It's our fish. Not, I believe it, it's true of the Mignola verse being drawn by another person. Yeah, and it's a strong. It's completely different art a style. Yeah, it's like wild. I mean, I I feel like you have to take a huge departure in style like that, or else it's like, like don't even try to duplicate mm-hmm. it. Like it has to be a distinctly different style, and that's easier to accept, I think, than. 
yeah, then like kind of getting close, like getting an artist that would be like inspired by Mignola or like similar. I don't know. I thought, I think that's a good decision. I'm with you on that. It was cool. Real I quick, let's it. just talk about the, I wish before we cut to our, go to our break, I think this is just the Mignola cover for um, this Drums of the Dead. Oh, yeah. It's a very cool cover, very Mignola style with um, Abe just sort of looks like he's floating almost up, upright in water, dark, and then there's like a shark behind him with bones floating around. Yeah. And then, of course, the little Hellboy, uh, uh, like little Hellboy Japanese sort of like. Yeah, with some Japanese art behind, we know which I'm sure story. referencing heads. Yes, because yeah. it is. Um, the backup story, but it's very cool. I like Mignola's shark. I don't know. It's just it's fun to see Mignola do another like a, a an animal. And yeah, just like see, a real it's living. So creature. his. Yeah, it's so his style. I yeah. love it. <laughs> it looks great. Very cool. Very haunting cover. Um, but great. Yeah, great first Abe Sabian story. Uh, we're gonna take a quick break. We come right back and jump right into the backup story too. Drums of the Dead which is a little uh, Japanese story with yeah. involving Hellboy called Heads. Heads! I'm Max Lasser, the host of The Calories, a three-episode podcast miniseries about making weight loss easier. After I lost 100 pounds by calorie counting in 2015, I started to realize why the way I was doing it before, just eating healthy and exercising, wasn't working for me. The podcast features experts from Mount Sinai Hospital, Mayo Clinic, and more. And you can check it out from Campfire Media on Apple Podcasts or wherever podcasts are found. Welcome back to Aw oh Crap, a Hellboy podcast with me, Kay Thompson. And me, Mark David Christensen. Yeah. <laughs> now we're going to talk about the story Heads, um, which was done by Mike Mignola again. And as he usually does with these little stories, he kind of gives a little blurb about them. Uh, yes. Yeah, and he mentions this one. I thought it was neat. This is one of my favorite hell, uh, one of my hell, favorite Hellboy stories. Um, it's also one of the most difficult because I know nothing about J- Japan, which I doubt is true. I feel like he must know. His knowing nothing about Japan is probably knowing distinctly more about yeah. Japan's like history and folklore than I, you know, than all, uh, the average person. And I bet you he's very humble human, probably. And he probably yeah. did so much research to do these pages. Yeah. Because there's not a, p- a point um, in this where I feel like, oh, this is from somebody that doesn't know what they're talking about. Right. Or at least you at least tonally and visually feel like, oh, we're in Japan. Yeah. No doubt. And that's what he was like striving for that. And he was saying it's a pretty um, close adaptation of a Japanese folktale. Uh, but I left out the part where the flying heads were eating bugs. I guess he thought that was too gross. I, I don't know. know. Oh, yeah. Or maybe confusing. Maybe it's like, maybe, maybe unnecessary. Like, yeah. yeah. Maybe it's like for, um, I don't know, a primarily American audience to be like, like, I'm sure there's like some precedent for it in Japanese folklore that maybe it was just like, I don't know if it makes sense for this story. <laughs> yeah. Or he just wanted those heads to eat meat and try to eat Hellboy. Yeah. Try to eat Hellboy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, in the story, it starts off quite simply, like, as we've seen before, where we have the, just the title panel and then an establishing shot um, that's really beautiful. Like, you kind of get these distinct, like, Japanese architecture elements and mm-hmm. trees. 
but it's also like really quick. I, I I think you're right, and also just sets that the tone so quickly. Yeah, it's pretty spooky. Like in the and it's at night, and it's just the silhouette. Even the yeah. like the decorations on the corner of the of the Japanese architecture in silhouette just gives it. The trees are dead, which are probably cherry blossoms. Yeah. Um, it's very, it just gets you ready for an eerie little tale. Yeah. Like the, <laughs> these like cool colors and like it, like this, the like reverse silhouette of the tree against the like blackness of the mm-hmm. building here gives it like a ghostly quality. It's really, really neat. Yeah. And then we get this like old figure, I guess like just an old narrator kind of a figure. Yeah. I mean, I'm picking up like it's an old woman, but I it could be easily a, an old Japanese man as well. Yeah. And just like like so old that it's like, we, we can't really tell. We don't even you know. <laughs> and then just talking about how in Kyoto, there's a house where something terrible happened and like the people around, like nobody lives around it anymore. It's just like demons live there. And then we see Hellboy strolling up to a house, smoking yeah. a cigarette. And over that little tell, I mean, I love the panel where it's just like a classic, like Japanese demon face made of stone. Yeah. I like and he has cool. like a third eye sort of, I don't know. And it's I, like, or a gem or something that's in there. It's very haunting. And, and it's like, in, it's like long, the mouth is so in, vertically elongated yeah. or horizontally elongated. Just like the super like, uh, yeah, exaggerated mouth with like million teeth in there. Um, Is this the first time we've really seen Hellboy just casually smoking? <laughs> I don't know. I feel like he smokes, right? I feel like he smokes, but this one, we'll address it more by the end, but like, <laughs> it feels like this one, I, I don't want to be too critical, but like, it feels like this is the most it's been like a Marlboro commercial with help oh like he's just in flavor country like ha- yeah, just walking up enjoying a cool refreshing like yeah. <laughs> refreshing i mean it's not like i don't know maybe he smokes menthols i don't know i don't know either but because you like you said he just walks up but then they like this thir- the next panel after him walking up this path is him like in a profile but like exhaling smoke yeah. he looks so cool with that cigarette Just like the marble man <laughs> and it's like starting to look like i remember like when we had jonathan on he was talking about how the mignola style will will start to get a little simpler with yeah. hellboy and like i think you really start to see that in this panel i agree that panel does show the simplicity yeah that it's about to take o- take over like yeah. he still has plenty of details and textures in this like uh shot of him walking through the mist and like on this little mm-hmm. cobblestone path and like the texture of the foliage behind him and stuff like that but like as far as the figure like it's he's really kind of parsing down and making it more like concise than he had before um and then yeah just establishes kyoto japan 1967 hellboy is resting against a tree to get knocked on the head by like yeah. a bow staff or like a cane or something and he's and like it- and before that hit i love the quick panel of darkness just to indicate he's fallen asleep yeah that is like i don't again i totally overlooked that that's awesome that's the smallest because it's like a small thing i think easy to look over but it's so purposeful for your brain to register in those two panels at the bottom (sighs) oh hellboy has fallen asleep yeah and that's why he's like drifting off slowly and then yeah and then we see like the cigarette butt falling out of his mouth so like he must not have been asleep for too long yeah and then uh what's the problem pal i was sleeping like kind of like 
hey, what's going on? You know, his usual yeah. kind of like gruffness. <laughs> yeah. Um, this guy is like, it's too dangerous to sleep out here. You got to come to my house. It's really safe. Um, I have other guests. They'll be happy to see you. I don't want, I don't want to be in any trouble. It's no trouble. Yeah. Big house. Lots of room. Like I love that. Just the scariest looking like full moon kind of like, like I imagine these birds like, like flying oh, yeah. off. That's a, a haunted house. Have you ever seen one? Very good haunted house. But like with that Japanese flavor, um, to it, it's really cool. <laughs> and then, yeah, you stay as long as you like. And that's and then, over the, f- just a, another creepy ass, like, scowling, to- to- like, scowling sculpture, angry. <laughs> yeah. totem, whatever. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like this warrior kind of like figure. Um, yeah. See, these are my other house guests, just like you, travelers, good people. And like, um, Hellboy's like, oh, okay, great. Um, and then, so like, I love this one part where he's yeah. like, He's like, oh, Mr. Lou tells very funny stories. Maybe you know this one. And he talks about a ghost woman getting a golden box, then te- like is told that she must never open it. And then uh, like he took it and hid it from his wife. And one day she found it and looked inside. It was full of gouged out human eyes. And at that moment, the farmer dropped dead in his field. The wife went mad and lived the rest of her days like an animal. The end. And just like the other guest giggles at it. Yeah. Uh, and then hidden behind a fan <laughs> yeah. too. Half hidden, like meekly giggling. And then Homer's like, wow, that is a funny story. Like, <laughs> yeah. you know, just like I like, love the feigning interest. Sure. Yeah. Very um, funny. You know what? I'm sleepy. I got to go. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. It's just so funny. Like the way, like <laughs> the dry, dry delivery of it <laughs> yes. is great. It's like, okay, super. See you later. Yeah. So then he goes into like where he'll be able to sleep. And there's like another kind of intimidating looking creature painted on the wall there. Sleep well. (laughs) He's just like looking at that. And then he's kind of overhearing them very safe. Yeah, I bet. Pulling out the gun. Shot of the the teeth that we've seen before on those like statues coming like. It's on the guest that was giggling behind the yeah, fan. Yeah, like the- meek little guest. Ugh. And then um, with his gun drawn, excuse me, can I get a drink of... Never mind. <laughs> I love this this so panel good. of just the exactly where they were sitting when he was talking to him. Now just yeah. headless in darkness. Like even the light went out with them. Yeah. Oh, and they're just... Like there's no more lanterns anywhere. Yeah. Anything like that. And then... Yeah, he's just, like, noticing that their heads are, like, clean off. Like, where are your guys' heads? And then we see the full moon kind of obscured by clouds. Mm-hmm. Tons of, like, leaves just, uh, like, it, you kind of get the impression of a really, like, gusty, windy sort of a night. Yeah. Um. So he he scoops up all of their bodies <laughs> and ties it to a piece of stone, like a stone lantern, and hucks mm-hmm. it into a lake. Yeah, that falls I love, down. <laughs> I love him doing this act. Just that again. We've talked about it before, but nonchalance. He tied them up, and then as he throws that that thing as an anchor in, I love. He's like, "Come on, you guys, bombs away!" Bombs away. Like you could just hear him, just so like whatever. <laughs> I got just entertaining himself in this yeah. like boring job. Not le- not that it's like boring, but he's just like you know he's by himself a lot. He ends up talking to himself yeah. and saying silly shit. 
I would do this like all the time when I was a janitor and I had to walk in the dark. Yes. I had, yeah. had to walk across a big auditorium when I'd lock up. So I would talk out loud because so it, would, scary. it would allow me to like be calm and just having to walk in pure darkness. Dude. Yeah. That kind of thing. Any kind of thing where you're like working late and you're by yourself and you're just like, la la la. Like trying <laughs> yeah. to like stave off like <laughs> shitting your pants because you're so scared. <laughs> uh, yeah. That's like help. Like I imagine it's like a mix of both of those things where he's like, it's mundane to him, but it's also like, you know, you never know what could go wrong. So yeah. maybe he's a little somewhere down there, like a little bit. If I have fun with this, it won't be as scary. Yeah, and right. Bad. A little, a little comic relief. Now, where are those heads? I love that. <laughs> that panel cools when the anchor's hitting the ground. Yeah, I love that full panel of those bodies just floating in those hideous fish. Yeah, those nasty, nasty fish. Yeah, but I love it. Now, where are those heads? You're and right. then he likes. <laughs> I love that he's just like kind of follow it like the heads are just talking to each other and he's just following that he's like shuffling through the woods yeah they give themselves away so fast yeah <laughs> like they're not great ghosts they're not like no. great at it like maybe for other like things but not for hellboy yeah they're as demons go they don't <laughs> they don't really have a good plan at all. No, no, it wasn't very And they get out. caught because they're too chattery among themselves. They probably didn't have to worry. You know, an average human, they probably get right away. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then well, they it sounds like, too, one of them is a leader and was trying to convince the others to, like, stay. Like, later on, he'll, be like, yell at them for, like, we waited too long. It's yeah. kind of funny. <laughs> so good. It's like, it's, like, almost as if these heads are, like, in like the Keystone Cops, they're Keystone like demons. Yeah, they're like a little like just goofuses, kind of like <laughs> yeah. Three Stooges. But uh, they're like, yeah, so they're they're kind of like, oh, we gotta like he must be asleep by now. So like they assume that he hasn't even left the house. They return to the house to find their bodies gone. This huge panel of screaming like into the night. He's gone and he's taking our bodies. Oh, what? <laughs> <laughs> And then, yeah, so they're like nervous that we, we got to find the bodies. It's too late. Uh, he made us wait too long. If the sunrise uh, finds us like this, blam. I, like, this was a jarring panel. A hundred percent agree with it's you. It's crazy. <laughs> I had forgotten that it was that violent. Yeah, yeah. Because I think we've seen him fire a gun or like try to use in people get stabbed and things. Yeah. But this is the most blatant. Gorific. There's been no gore in yeah. this. Even though their heads are like disembodied, they're they're clean, right? Like it doesn't yeah. seem it's so like when you see the fucking head exploding, shot this floating it's crazy. Head. Like that's it. And then the thing like floats down to the bottom. You guys are done. And uh, I love you Alpha. guys were gonna eat yeah. me. What was such a fun after shooting one of them? Yeah, just obliterating it, and then Amelia, you guys were gonna eat me. Just kind of like not hurt, <laughs> but like what? <laughs> You're gonna do what? Oh, it's so good. Very good. <laughs> and and then, they immediately attack him. Yeah. Uh, and then they're uh, yeah they're like they're like uh, at first gung ho to kill him, and it's like no 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 make him talk. Where are our bodies? And they're like just biting him and like yeah. biting his they're jacket. They're pulling at his jacket. I'm going to pull out a picture. It's very silly. The way that this head is pulling at the jacket, I'm going to show you, Kate. Sorry, listeners. You're probably not going to be privy to this picture. <laughs> we'll but put it's, it on Instagram, maybe. Yeah, I can I can put it on Instagram. It's my dog, Dot, literally doing the same thing on my <laughs> jacket, my, my flannel, as if one yeah. of the floating heads pulling at like his clothes. Like a little clothes. shark bite. Yeah. 
Oh my god! That's all I can picture. Is I, those I dog, think everybody deserves to see Dot. Dot is an extremely all right, I'll cute dog. I'll post it. I'll post it. It's very important, pertinent to this issue. <laughs> and then, yeah, that's exactly what it feels like, though. Like a little dog that's like just like, <laughs> and he's like, "Come on, come on!" Like you know, <laughs> batter up heads, smacks them all off. Um, they're like biting his tail and like biting a stick that he's holding. And he's like one by one, just cracking him in the teeth. Yeah. Um, <laughs> one gets his tail. Oh. Yeah. That's got to that must not feel great. Not at all. And then like it's this is so funny to me where like one of the heads goes, "Old man, please. <laughs> what have you done with Whoa. our bones? Mm-hmm. Who are you calling old?" <laughs> yeah. He just takes offense to that. Yeah, he's like, "Who are you calling old?" God damn heads, I've got news for you. Suds coming up. And yeah. then yeah, they all get caught. Uh bet that hurts. And then like just oh. they sizzle into skulls. The I skulls love the progression of the top of the sun hitting them, like them greet, like clearly in pain, grimacing, and then just those burning skulls are so cool. Yeah, they look. They're awesome. just falling around. Hellboy is so cool. Yeah, just like I imagine them like kind of drifting slowly, like they're sort of like like the leaves that he's been drawing throughout the whole issue. Yeah. It's kind of like they have this like, because they're floating too. I guess I just imagine them like drifting slowly to the bottom, like the body's yeah. drifting slowly to the lake. And like, there's a lot of like, just the like, and I think also the way that the like smoke from the heads in the second panel is kind of going diagonally rather mm-hmm. than just like vertically. So they're not just dropping, they're like sliding kind yeah, of. Yeah, you're right. Like he does so much. So much like subtle stuff to like really make you get the feel for what's that. Yeah, the, the like, move, you feel movement. I yeah. agree with you. Like he doesn't exactly do like action lines most of the time, but he'll do like the way it affects the things around it and like incorporate yeah. the action lines into the drawing. Like it's great. It's He's very so clear here, Kate. Yeah. It's a great way to um, articulate that. I it's love so it. freaking sweet. And then, yeah. We this see- last little bit of dialogue between them. It's like, so where, where the- I threw your bodies in the lake, you guys. Didn't look very, you guys didn't look very hard. <laughs> the lake. <laughs> <laughs> like, and then just like sounds, I guess, like the last like little yeah. bit of like. Before they clearly just became dust. Yeah, they just turned to dust. And then we see the the statue of that guardian that's inside the house again. Um, scowling and then a last final panel of Hellboy smoking a cigarette. It's, there you go. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's a fun issue, but that last panel is so Marlboro, it man. It makes me laugh, though. It's so funny. Like, there, there you, you go. go. I honestly wouldn't be surprised if after this, instead of the end, a ad for camels or Marlboro yeah, popped right. up. Because he's like, well, there you go. There you go. <laughs> All while enjoying the smooth taste of, yeah. (laughs) It's insane to me. It's wonderful for Hellboy. Yeah. But it just, I don't know why the cigarette makes me feel like we just, we just read a branded cigarette Hellboy. It's very story. Like, and I guess like the sun's up now, like, you know, the light is shining and the birds are flying behind him. It's great. It's a great, I mean, it is a great final panel. It's like a funny issue. It's like a really funny little issue, even though it's like. It is pretty spooky in the beginning. Oh, yeah, totally spooky. But it's like a classic. I think it is. It feels like in the vein of of the scary story, but by the end you were having fun. Yeah. Like even those short stories that you used to remember the books in elementary and stuff that they had 
those short scary stories like the big toe scary and all stories the, to tell in the dark yeah maybe yeah. those I think they're making a movie of those I think I, you're right I yeah. think you're totally right that they are I'm very excited um those felt like that where you were like yeah sometimes there was spooky, a punchline at the yeah. end like the the viper like do you remember I that one I can't remember that one where it's just like a guy keeps calling a house and he's like I'm the viper I'm coming or whatever and then it just turns out to be the window wiper who has an accent yeah and that's it it's like it's there's like a joke at the end of right. it right sort ex- of <laughs> sort of but like yeah. that's what it feels like it's like oh we creep we scared you all out the way but in the end everything's fine yeah and you had a good time yeah and you we got to have a, like a little silly head action and it was like a fun little mission for old Hellboy, aka Marlboro Hellboy, <laughs> Marlboro Man, <laughs> Marlboro Demon. It's it's a very fun. And I I know we've mentioned a lot like in our emails and before like a lot of these short stories sort of have connections to the bigger story. I don't know if this one does, but I sort of like that this one feels like it's completely self-contained. Yeah, it's like way back in 1967. It's just like one of his like day in the life kind of things. And I love that. And it's, I like that he just wanted to draw Japanese folklore and incorporate the story. And so he did. Yeah. Like, that's what's so cool about him having so much control over the comic is he can just go down these avenues that he might not otherwise be able to. And it's really cool. This might be a one that'd be fun to do to try on somebody if we meet along as we continue in the podcast to, like, find somebody that doesn't have never read Hellboy and have them read this. Yeah, I think you kind of so encapsulates self, it a lot. You're like, what do you think of this? Yeah. Like, it would be a good introductory, I think, if without you like having the flavor to do a of full story. You will love Yeah. Yeah. It's like, if you like that, check out the bigger story. Yeah. But I think that'd be a fun experiment to do with It's somebody. like a good Halloween one. Very good Halloween one. Yeah. It's October, people. Ghosts. Whip out heads and read it. Yeah. Read it to the kids around the. F- I was about to say fire. I'm like, who likes a fire during <laughs> Halloween? <laughs> to read all my comic books. <laughs> yeah. Um, great. Any favorite, um, panels or dialogue in this? Uh, yeah, I think I, I, I mean, it's pretty, it's a little tame, but I think all of just the establishing shots of the house I thought were really great. Like, um, there's like this little blue panel with the moon obstructed by clouds that I thought was like, just felt cold and like scary. Uh, yeah. Just like all the little elements that he wanted to bring in. Like you can... You can see why he wanted to. It's just like looks nice. Yeah. Um, what about you? Or are you like a fish fan of this uh, pond part? I think what I <laughs> want to point out, I mean, I'm always going to go to the one black little panel because I just, it amazes me in the ways you, that I didn't Mignola, even notice it until you pointed it out. And that's really great. It's, he, he, again, he continues to Pacing, amaze man. me. Yeah. He continues to use, and the, and the idea that you're like, I'm just going to use a blank panel. Yeah. But it's there, as you said, for pacing and it has its purpose. Yeah. And it works so well as genius to me. Yeah. I think along Agreed. with that, and I just think we are, like, as you said, starting to see his very minimalist style start to take birth. And I think it's even in the panel use of each page, I feel. I feel like every panel does wastes no time in this. Yeah. He's yeah. he's even getting simpler, I think, in the use of the page. And that's why I'm amazed by like he threw those he tied up and threw those bodies and that's three panels. Yeah. We didn't have to there was no like fuss with it. It was just yeah, he's throwing them in. Yeah, he doesn't Anchor have to show every single aspect of what's yeah. happening. Yeah, like, and I'm not saying he ever did previously. Yeah. It's just I think he's even getting sharper. Yeah. He's really honing it for sure. And I don't know if this does it in the digital, but there's something I love. And it's not really a highlight, but it's a final thought about it. 
in these library editions, I love, and this probably is in the trade if you're looking at paper. If you look at the picture where he's first greeting the guests, and it's like a full panel, and this is similar to what Christmas Underground had a moment like this. Yeah. Whereas if I'm just looking, if I'm not turning the page to look to the actual next page, but I'm looking just to the page that's that is going to now reveal itself. Yeah. It's a cool little like flip booky thing where I was like, "There's our guest. Flip over. Oh, they're all headless." Yeah. Yeah. You <laughs> and see, I, don't know, it's I wonder great. if he plans that at all. He must. He must. Because that is so amazing. I, yeah. He gives so much thought to to that. Yeah. Like his this is this medium is so much his strength. Like he uh, is aware of how people are going to be flipping the page like that and just reading like. He gives so much thought to it, clearly. Yeah. Like, that kind of shit is so neat. And yeah, he does it so successfully in so many different... Yeah. Like, like the uh, the one where, like... Uh, yeah, like you, well, like you were saying, Christmas Underground. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. It, there's some... And again, real quick before we move on, I mean, just the simplicity of that same page with the headless, just it's the quiet outdoors. It's mm-hmm. him coming around a corner. Him, We see what he sees. Him just thinking, close up on heads, and then it's moonlight. Yeah. There's so, there's, there's so, it's so minimalist in everything. Yeah. But it gets so much across. But so much of a mood uh, is established. And I'm, he's neat. It blows me away. It blows me away. <laughs> favorite dialogue. I think I got to go with the, I just love the, now where are those heads? Where are those hats? That's pretty good. It almost is sticky, and I think that's what's great about it. Yeah, it's kind of silly. Like, I mean, the whole thing is so silly. I mean, I love the exchange between the guy telling the story of the farmer's wife and him going, wow, <laughs> that is a funny story. Like, trying not to be rude. <laughs> Oof. Wow. I'm a, I almost feel like so by the time funny. you get to the end, you can look back and be like, I think he might even know these guys are demons. Right off the bat. Yeah, yeah he's, he's just like, like I just have play to it sit cool. in these woods and wait for the demon. They'll come to me. Yeah. Yeah. He knows the routine. And yeah. then it's just like, okay, let me listen to your funny story and then yeah. I'll figure out how to take care of you. <laughs> it's probably like demons can't tell a fucking joke, man. God damn it. That's, that's him going back to the bureau talking to Abe like in the... And just like in the cafeteria, you know, one thing I wish, what? I wish I could meet a one ghost that knew how to make, tell one <laughs> fucking joke. They, they All have these no guys sense are of so humor. up their own butts. <laughs> yeah. They stink. Big time. <laughs> <laughs> but that's it. Uh, yeah. That is our discussion on the first A. Sabian um, single story, Drums of the Dead, as well as Heads, the short story by Mike Mignola. Uh, we'd love to hear from you listeners about your thoughts on this episode, as well as those that shared issue um, of the, these two great stories in the Mignola-verse. So please email us at ahcrapahellboypodcast at gmail.com. Um, we'd love to hear from you. And Kate, anything off of these two stories that you read that you want to maybe suggest for them to read, watch, or see? Um, I mean, now Shin Godzilla's in my head because I was talking about the Midnight right. Shot. I mean, watch that movie. It's it like doesn't have anything to do with Hellboy really, but it, I thought it was just so so cool. Um, if you ever like watched Evangelion, I think it was the same director as that, like as this anime Evangelion, and like it's there's like themes that he clearly likes and incorporates into the movie, but you don't need to watch that to watch Shin Godzilla. Cool. That's um, a yeah. great, that's watch a fun that. suggestion. Uh, my suggestion is 
uh, Throne of Blood. Throne of Blood. Yeah, it's starring Toshiro Mifune, a, a fantastic Japanese actor. It is an adaptation of Macbeth by Akira Kurosawa. Cool. It's one of my absolute favorites of his in his movies. Um, it's a great adaptation. It's super spooky. Like if you like the spook that was oh, like really? if you like the tone in this, um, I think. It, it really hits, and it's in uh, old Edo, Japan, and it's amazing. It's a great adaptation of Macbeth, um, and Toshiro's insane. And there's a great, there's a scene with arrows that is infamously known as like in cinematic history, where like Akira was like shooting real arrows at the star, and it's insane. Jeez. If you watch the movie, they do it with strings eventually, but it's like insane. But it's an amazing movie. I think it's one of the greatest. Uh, it's so spooky. When you meet when he I, meets really the witches, like, when he meets the witches, it really gives this tone that you're getting that Mignola is putting off. That's this. very exciting. I I don't I've not watched any Akira Kurosawa movie. You're welcome to borrow anything I own. I I might I might take you up on that. I love that's okay. it. Okay. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Of course. Um. So yeah, check those out. Uh. Um. Listeners. <laughs> now we're gonna watch. So our listener. And fan of the podcast, and I'm going to call him friend of the podcast, Alex, who is lucky enough to go to the New York Comic Con. Um, He mentioned to us, I believe online, like a message on Instagram, I believe, or Twitter. I think it was Instagram. Mm -hmm. He said, if you guys talk talk so much about Hellboy falling through the floor, you should check out (laughs) his footage from Injustice 2, which is a video game that's like a fighting game. Um, like like Street Fighter, but it's with the DC universe. But in this one, they you can play as Hellboy. So I asked him, and I was like, hey, you should send that to us. He sent us a brief little email just with a link to watch that. So you know what? I thought, let's not watch it until we're on the pod. <laughs> so let's, we're, I'm going to open that up. This will probably live pod this. Yeah, we're uh, live pod this. Injustice 2, which came out like 2017. Yeah, it's all like at this a point. year ago, about. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, let's do it. I mean, he looks cool. He looks pretty sweet in this game. I never played it. I've seen worse. Good voice. Let your rage flow. I am so over this crap. We're breaking through the floor. Oh, yeah. We're falling through a cavern. <laughs> Hell yeah, dude. Yeah. I gotta play this game, man. Oh, look at his moves. The horns are out. Yeah. Demons showing up. That's like the other guys. That made me want to play that game, dude. Yeah, dude. It makes me want to play as Hellboy very badly. I'm not like super good at fighting games, so I'm not. I'm a button masher. Yeah. (laughs) I like never bothered to learn or like. I have like friends who have like you know like the arcade like joysticks and stuff like yeah. that and it's just i don't know man i it's the same with like call of duty and shit like i it's too competitive for me i like i don't know it's a lot of time for something that like i don't know i'm not gonna judge anybody that gets a thrill out of oh, it oh yeah or a reward, if you enjoy it but it by all means do it the reward doesn't do anything for me yeah by beating the games yeah i do would love to play the new spider-man game but i'm not i just don't have the money to drop 400 dollars to get myself a playstation 4 just to play that game yeah i have a ps4 and i do want to play that game but i just don't know like i, I don't give me your I ps4 i will buy it I'll play it and then I'll give it back to you with the game. With the game, uh-huh. uh, that's kind of tempting, actually. I'm pl- I'm still playing um, uh, 
I honestly, to God, this is on the podcast right now. It's a tangent. That's an open offer. That is an open offer. <laughs> I would if we didn't share. I share with my fiance. That's true. Otherwise, I would. That's I'm still beating so Horizon funny. Zero Dawn. Oh, there you go. Because I'm. I don't know what that is. Old. It's just a game. That's great. It's like PlayStation Zelda. That's cool. It's fun. That's great. I love yeah. those old like those kind of games. Yeah. I mean, I just don't give my time to them anymore but that looked great thanks house for like suggesting that because we do love it when he falls through a floor it was very fun and it was very fun to watch you probably hope i mean i don't know how thrilling that was for you <laughs> listeners but we did it um to put the video it's, it's gonna be that video and a picture of dot, dot and, and random title <laughs> yeah. um but thank you again for listening uh, please go on to instagram and you can follow us um there as well as Twitter on Instagram we are at ah crap a Hellboy podcast on Twitter we are at ah crap Hellboy and please go into iTunes or wherever you subs- um, listen to your podcasts subscribe rate and review that will bring us more listeners we appreciate all of you thank you for listening and see you next week I love you. Hi, I'm Amanda Salvatore. And I'm Jackie Ray Abel, and we are the hosts of Guilty, Guilty Pleasure, the podcast that celebrates, elaborates, and experiences our odd interests. We talk with comedians, writers, and artists about their chosen guilty pleasure, like LARPing, Burning Man, Keanu Reeves, Alan Iverson, television shows, 60s and 70s rock and roll, and the list basically goes on and on and on. If you'd like to check us out, we have a new episode every single Monday. Delivered to you from Campfire Media. Find us on iTunes or anywhere that you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. Hey, thanks for listening. Campfire.